Welcome to the Saints of San Francisco podcast, where we dive into work, faith, and fulfillment. This is a podcast for the modern Christian professional. I'm your host, Isaac Hall. Welcome, Saints. Welcome back to this month's series for uh, love and romance or I guess relationships and romance. We have two very special guests today. I mean, technically three, uh, because I have my girlfriend on, but she'll be hosting alongside with me. Um, We're very excited to have these two guests. They're actually coming from uh, Southern California, just moved up to San Francisco last year, and I think their presence at 99, which is our uh, church, as well as our community, you know, their presence has just been so fruitful. And I think I'm so grateful to have these two. Babe, what do you think? How do you feel about these two guests being in SF? <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. I think um, we had the pleasure of meeting them a few times before they moved and getting to know them and just having them around and being able to see them in person a few times has been really special. Awesome. So we will formally introduce both of them. They are John and Sophia Yoon. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So, I mean, we've known each other for a while, but usually what I do is have the guests do a short self intro uh, because I usually do a terrible job. So can you guys please introduce yourselves? Okay. Um, Hi, my name is Jonathan. We are from the Southern California area, um, 213 baby. And um, we moved up last year around August. Um, and yeah, we've been um, married for six months. six months. This week was six wow. months. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Sophia. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very yeah. short so true. What do you guys do and what made you move to San Francisco? Great question. Great. Um, so I'm a product designer. Um, so I work in the tech space. Uh, and so because of work, we came up here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm a social media analyst. I think that's like the easiest way to describe my job. Uh, I work at a, a media company, but um, because of COVID, we had like flexibility to move up here. Um, I think if life looked a little differently or it was a little bit more normal, um, I would probably be in a different field. But yeah, that's what we do. Awesome. Awesome. I realized as well, I know we're doing series, but we're supposed to be talking about work, right? Work, fulfillment, and faith. So thanks for answering. How's that been, by the way, just working remotely? But then like being together in the same space and like having to work with each other's uh, work cadences. Uh, I think it's challenging. I think a lot of people can like resonate like we're just like not used to working from home. I know that like John and I have struggled a lot in the beginning about like really enjoying our space at home because we pretty much use our dining table as like a workspace. So it doesn't really feel like we're like eating or like stepping away from work because we just see like our computers open all the time. Mm. 
But I think it's really funny because like sometimes I'll be in a meeting and then like sometimes John will jump into a meeting and we're in the same shared space. <laughs> like we'll be like talking over each other and then one of us will like run into the bedroom. And so like, I think it's definitely like, it's something that we have to communicate more with each other than like we normally would if like we were in like separate offices or back at work. Mm-hmm. Because you don't really say out loud like, oh, I have like a 12 o'clock. You know? <laughs> like normally and so like now that that's kind of like forced like it's way into like our conversations like we have to like plan like our days around it make sure like, we're eating like lunch together or if we can't like we're explaining to the partner like why we can't join each other for lunch and stuff so oh. yeah it's definitely been like a big topic that we talk about like almost every day just because we need to like make time for certain things awesome awesome yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that since, you know, Christina and I live separately, so we don't really have to deal with stuff like that. But moving forward, I think we could start off with the icebreakers and then really get into the meat of these questions that I think our listeners are, you know, more excited about. So, babe, did you want to ask the icebreaker questions and yeah. then like let them know about the rules. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is kind of going to be like the wedding shoe game. If you guys have ever seen that. So it's going to be like, who's better at, or who would rather. Um, and then since we don't have visuals, I'm just going to count to three. And then on three, you have to say the name of who you think it is. So if it's for yourself, John, you would say John and same thing with you. So. Sorry, I just had to make it extremely just clear. Just in case they forgot just in case. Names. I mean, I'm, I would probably, like, screw up somehow. So just playing devil's advocate. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, you guys okay. ready? <laughs> okay, so first question is, who takes out the trash more often? One, two, three. John. John. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, one for one. Who's a better cook? One, two, three. So <laughs> two for two. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do great. <laughs> okay, this one should be interesting. Who would last longer on a deserted island? One, two, three. John. Without a doubt. All right, okay. Who says sorry first after a fight? One, two, three. John. Wow. <laughs> They've been married. <laughs> Good for you, John. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay. Who's more dramatic? One, two, three. So. <laughs> I knew the answer to that, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys are five for five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's see if we can. There's two more. So let's see if we can make it seven for seven. Okay. The next one is who's the pickier eater? One, two, three. John. So, <gasps> whoa! <laughs> is it food that is separate this marriage? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we're both picky eaters, I guess. Mm. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, last one. <laughs> Who's funnier? One, two, three. John. <laughs> oh. We we plan this question. We talk about this all the time. Anyways. I I like literally tell him like I think I'm funny like I'll literally tell that <laughs> and I literally tell her <laughs> that anyone who says that they think they're funny is not <laughs> people don't understand yeah anyways. it's fine though. yeah it's fine yeah <laughs> no John I think both of you guys are super yeah, I super think both of you guys are witty funny. 
that's super funny. So I think that's a hard one. But I do get that Game of Thrones reference, uh, John. I don't know if you're referring to that, but it's it's when uh, Tywin Lannister tells his grandson, like anyone who has to call himself king is no king. So oh, that's not what I was mentioning at all, but. Yeah. yeah, I take it. Yeah, whose side are you on, Isaac? <laughs> oh, no, 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 I was just, I was just, I thought he was just referencing <laughs> and I'm a big I'm glad you didn't go, like, seven for seven, or how many questions there were. Why? Uh, I think that's, like, a cliffhanger for what's, what's about to come next. <laughs> this topic of love and romance. Yeah. yeah, so I think, I think we should address the elephant in the room. And, and say, from my personal experience, especially in San Francisco and with millennials nowadays, we're so focused on career. And I think, you know, um, there may be Christians outside of California or outside of San Francisco that do get married early and, and find joy in an early marriage. Um, but I think that at least in, in, in San Francisco and the Bay Area, um, Christians are getting married later and they're focusing on their careers a lot more and even with 99 you know we're young but we're not young as in like early 20s there's a lot of folks in their mid to late 20s and early 30s who are not married which is completely fine but i think that it's important to have demographic diversity within church because i think that's what makes church so powerful is you know having different viewpoints yeah. um different perspectives uh different experiences and knowledge and i think you know, you guys are kind of like the unicorns of 99 other than our pastors and maybe uh, Natasha and Fatai, but you guys are still in your 20s, um, got married, dated for a long time. So I think that that's pretty much a unicorn in California or at least in San Francisco uh, for the Asian American Christian community and beyond. So um, it's so good to have you guys on to be able to pick both of your guys' brains. Um, so... I'm going to ask the first question. It's a little bit charged and it's kind of trollish, but um, I, I wanted to ask it. So is it true that couples can meet in the same ministry, date within that same ministry, and then end up marrying together? Yeah, um, I can start. Um, well, that's, that's literally like how it happened for us. Um, we grew up in... Um, this church for a very long time, like like 14 years, um, started like when we were very little. Yeah, we met when we were in elementary. Yeah, and um, you know, we, we were always around each other, our families knew about one another. Um, and then um, when we got, when we were older, and like we were kind of like in our own season, um, you know, I pursued Sophia and, um, you know, thankfully she accepted. And uh, we started dating. Um, and then, um, yeah, we went on our own personal journey of what uh, pursuing um, spiritual community looks like. And that's, you know, obviously how we ended up going to 99 Church together before we uh, got married. And uh, thankfully, um, our pastor, um, Pastor Mickey from 99 Church, uh, were, was our officiant for our wedding. And so, yeah, um, I totally believe that, um, you know, you can meet people in the same ministry that you can find somebody that you connect with in you know all areas um physically spiritually mentally um and then be able to yeah uh, make a covenant with god together um, yeah i think this question is interesting because um it starts with 
people meeting in the same ministry, dating in the same ministry, but I, I don't know if the listeners caught it, um, but it doesn't end up with marrying in the same ministry, which I think is really interesting because <clears throat> I think for John and I, like um, like us moving to San Francisco was a big reason why we invested in another church, like not the church that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. And that's another story too, but I think for this question, I think it is possible for people to meet in the same ministry. I, I think it's a great place to meet people. I think um, a lot of churches have the same vision. And I think if both people are um, invested in that church because of the same vision that the church has, I think it makes for like more alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like as a foundation spiritual and then the more you meet each other and get to know each other, I think everything else falls in place, right? Like you, you see like why you are interested in that person. But I think John and I were really fortunate to have like met each other and to have known each other for so long. I don't think there's a lot of people that share our same story. Yeah. Um, but I do know a lot of people, they have a hard time finding a church once they're married because they usually have met outside of a ministry. Um, like they've been to different churches. Yeah. So I think us making decisions to find churches together um, because like we came from the same church and we knew exactly what we were looking for in a church community, um, it made it that much easier just because of like our history. Got it, got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for answering, guys. I think statistically, it's hard to find these kinds of couples um, because, in my personal experience as well, um, there's so much scrutiny when you guys start dating within the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so, not because like people are judgmental, but it's just the name of the game. Because you go and, you, you know, you're seen together visibly amongst other folks and you're doing life with these folks. So it's hard to kind of mm-hmm. detach and do your own thing without involving other people, which is a good thing. But a lot of times it brings strain to the relationship because it's already hard enough to be in a relationship. Then you add in like, you know, a, what's a godly relationship like? And we'll, you know, we'll move on that further down the line and then you know, having to bear that burden of like sharing your relationship with others and self, as you've mentioned, there's a lot of benefits to having a linear growth within the same church. And then people watch you guys from being friends in elementary school and then growing up and getting married and staying with that same church. But as we know, one, that's very difficult because usually you come from the same church or if you go to the same church, if you're a millennial, you tend to like move out of your hometown and like go do your own thing. So there's a lot of layers to this. So how did you guys, uh, I, I guess we could ask this, it's kind of like added on to the next question, but um, sorry, 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 sorry. I think I jumped the gun. Christine, do you want to ask the next question? Because I think it's related to this one. Yeah, I mean, I think I would just say, I agree. I feel like within the same ministry, a lot of the times there can be a lot of pressure Like a lot of people will always be asking when are you going to get married? And there's just a lot of pressure that it has to work out. Um, But at the same time, I think there's also so much support from people who are watching you grow through your relationship and who encourage you. That's a good point. Yeah. I think who can like encourage you in it and realize that um, I think at least for me, it's helped me realize like they're rooting for you and they know both of you. And so there's encouragement that they can speak over your relationship. Um, yeah, but as we know, of course, dating and relationships are not always easy. So I'm wondering while dating, what was the hardest aspect about your relationship? And, um, 
I guess going off of that, were there any aspects that were difficult because you were trying to pursue a godly relationship? Yeah, I can start. Um, I think community was the biggest thing that was hard for us. And I think that is kind of a big reason why, or like it is related to um, us pursuing a godly relationship. John and I had actually left the church we met at and at like almost like a year into our relationship um, because we experienced those hardships that you guys were mentioning where because they had grown up with us, they had a hard time adjusting to the idea of us dating. Mm. Um, and I, I think there was a lot of miscommunication and a lot of things could have gone differently, but we wouldn't have changed our decision to leave. I think. Yeah, I think it was the right decision for us to leave, but it made it that much harder for us to grow in relationship because we didn't have that community behind us. We unfortunately had to leave like a lot of relationships, like mentors and also friends, um, just because of like the lack of support that we got. Mm. Um, and so I think that was the hardest part because we were so fresh into a relationship and we would have really loved to walk with people that were more seasoned, like mm. married. Um, to like learn from them, to like point us in the right direction, to encourage us to have certain conversations. Um, but also like double dating was really hard. Like mm. when we started dating, a lot of my friends started getting married. And so they were in a different life stage. And that was also another um, difficult thing for me, at least. When we were dating John, was, um, John decided to go back to college. And I was already working. And so being in different life stages, I think, was an additional hardship because I would be working the day and he would too, like working on his projects, going to classes, but he would take his work home. And so it would be kind of hard for us to like plan like our evenings together um, for like date nights during the weekday. Um, but yeah, I think those are like the first things that come to mind when I think about what was hard about our relationship or dating relationship. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's a few things that come to mind for me. Um, I think some of the challenges that I personally felt while dating was um, As a as a man personally, or as as um, someone in a relationship, I felt like um, there's this need to please uh, my partner of like you know making sure um, Sophia's like taken care of or felt loved by me, um, but also you know what it means to do things that um, you know I'm responsible for, um, and in that case like college or like you know, uh, being a good student and working hard to, you know, get the right internships and, and kind of pave the right way for, um, for my career. And so that balance sometimes was very, um, like, uneven, whether it's me being very focused on the relationship, and like, just and almost being like, afraid that um, if I don't, you know, do aggressive moves to make sure that like I'm spending time with my partner that you know this relationship is gonna like fall apart or the other side of like being very aggressive and focusing on career that I stopped tending to my relationship or the importance of um, of that emotional uh, tending in that relationship yeah. and so I think that was a, a struggle for me um, 
And something that I learned throughout the, the way, and this is personally just my own struggle that I had to overcome and I'm still overcoming is um, like in the midst of um, just things that happen in life, um, whether that's just like, you know, hardships of family or your own um, discouragement towards like what's happening in your life. Um, how do you how do you not waver when there's things happening around you and be reactive to circumstances or the situation and and really be grounded? Um, and what does that grounding look like in terms of your relationship with your partner? Like how does your partner help with that? Um, what is the role there of keeping one another grounded and keeping one another encouraged and like continuing to um, yeah be be balanced in that way? Um, and so I think that's something that, you know, obviously Soph and I struggled with um, and we had many fights <laughs> and, and, and when after those fights, we would come to this realization that there is this like um, problem we're having and that, and so for us to look at that and observe that and try to find ways to, um, to improve, um, I think was very um, good, but it, it was like one of the harder aspects. And I think that hard aspect too, and the second point of that was, a little bit around um, community, which is, um, you know, I think for us going through what we did, um, we didn't have very much people that were like our personal, like John's people and Soph's people. And so what happens in those situations when we get into big fights or we got into these hard situations is like, um, you can almost feel alone because, you know, the person that you feel most closest to if you're having a fight with them, you don't, you're like, no, no one else is around. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think something that we, um, both identified during those seasons is like, how do we find those people that, um, are rooting for us and know that they're rooting for, um, you know, soap and John, as well as like John specifically. And so specifically, and we can go and ask like, Hey, we need prayer. We need, you know, advice. Like, you know, this is a situation and, and to be vulnerable. Um, and involve specific people that we feel like are really going to help this relationship um, was something that was also kind of missing during certain seasons of our dating, which made things a little bit more difficult. And so um, as we um, kind of progress within, um, we'll be like six years of actually like being together um, next month. And so, um, yeah, throughout that journey, like we were finding those people who are going to root for us and, and be there for us. Um, so good. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing. I feel like, you know, vulnerability and radical candor is something we appreciate on the Saints of San Francisco podcast. And it's just so good to have you guys open up about, you know, hardships and challenges along the way that's, mm -hmm. you know, personal to both of your guys' experience the past six years. So, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of follow-up questions to that, but but I think we can move forward and then, and, and, and then uh, come back to that. And I'm sure like a lot of these thoughts and, and questions uh, are kind of like a, like a web. So it's like, there's going to be overlap here. Mm -hmm. So I think we could skip one of the questions that we had and move on to the important ones, right? Love and marriage are very important aspects of, uh, you know, the Christian, life here on earth. And so 
John <laughs> himself. I guess, you know, these are like broad questions and charged questions, but, and then you can go one after the other, kind of collaborate on this one, but what does love and marriage mean to both of you? And, and in fact, you guys can like answer it as in like your own personal thoughts and then in the context of like marriage where two becomes one, if that makes sense. Yeah. I can go. Um, I think this is a question that I, as a, a married um, person, will continue to ask myself. Um, I don't, I don't, I want to say that this is something that is always being something that's challenged of me as I am married. Um, um, so when it's when he's like, what does it mean to love? Uh, or what does love and marriage mean in, in our family and our marriage? Um, I've been learning like recently of just like how um, how what what it what love and marriage actually does for me, um, more than what it means to me and what it shows of me, meaning like um, many times in, in our day to day, um, you know, when there's a pile of dishes that are just sitting <laughs> in the sink, right. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, why isn't soap cleaning that up? It's dirty, <laughs> right. And, and in my mind, I have that thought. And the second question that pops up right after that, it goes, why don't you do it for her? Mm. Like what, why is it that, and not even like, oh, like, but it's actually like convicting of like, like why is your first thought that you want her to do that for you why is it that you want to be loved instead of you loving her why is that you know why why is that and wait sorry how soon does that second question oh, very <laughs> okay that's yeah. very important because it was like a date later no, no, no. <laughs> thankfully thankfully it's coming quickly maybe over time maybe when we're like 10 years into marriage it's a little slower i can't guarantee anything. 10 years yeah i'm just saying but you know, and that that thought is, I think, what for me defines um, marriage is that it's really about um, the selfless, um, the selflessness, and how it really isn't about me anymore. It's not about um, you know what I want out of this, what I need out of this, but it you know even in, in context of um, marriage, and, and I know. Um, there's some christian this is like some christian audiences here too to talk about we're becoming one in god and i think that oneness um you know oftentimes we you know use it kind of like loosely but i think it's a good example in this case where um you really start to like your the mind and your heart start to change in that way as well it's mm -hmm. not just a, a thing that we say like oh we're one so we make decisions together we buy groceries together we live in one place together but it's like you no know, like more inside of who i am starts to change as well where it's not about me wanting something but it's like what does it mean when we're one and we're doing things as we're one um and, and so like little things like you know things around the house that need to get done is not about i need to do this she needs to do this it's things need to get done and like or this is what we need to do um, and so it's, it, it starts to change my actual attitude towards the things that I see. Um, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like when you see, uh, dishes in the sink, it's not self, self's dishes. It's also John's dishes. 
or it's not even John's dishes. It's, it, you know, like it, the, the, the concept of, I think even what I'm so used to be, be when I was a single person is I am my own. So if I put a tamale on a plate and the plate is now dirty, that's my fault. Right. And that's just, that's a logical way of thinking about it. Uh, um, so then does, is that dishes actually my dishes? Um, but it's even taking that and breaking that apart and going like, it's not even like, like removing the labels, right? Removing the labels of John and so it's, it's neither one or the other. It's just now dishes. Um, and it's not one where I can say, Hey, Soph had like 80% of those dishes. <laughs> like she's responsible for, you know, to clean that up. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. it's breaking away from that mindset and going, Hey, it's not about who or what or why, but it's really just about, Hey, it's there. And like, it's more of me going, Hey, this is an opportunity for me to love and to, to show my appreciation to a person that I care for. And it, it's less about that. Um, me, my, me and, and, you know, that person kind of separation mentality. Yeah. Can you guys tell this is like a hot topic in our house? Like we could talk a lot about this, but yeah, I think John like hit it on the head about it. <laughs> yeah. So do you have anything to add with, with that, those, those points that John made? Yeah. I think kind of similar to his thought about like things belonging to him. I think for maybe a lot of women, I think identity is like a big thing that changes when you transition from dating to marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even things like changing your last name mm-hmm. and, you know, identifying as a wife now, I think are really big things. I think even just like that label, it comes with a lot. Like even like John's initial thought of like, why isn't she doing the dishes? Like, I think a wife carries a lot of responsibilities and, you know, it, it might vary from like family to family, but I think for us, um, it was a little bit more traditional just because like it, it falls, it aligns more with my personality anyway. But I think love and marriage is really different to me because I think love in dating relationship, you can do whatever you want to love that person the way you want to love them. But I think in marriage, at least for me, I've seen a big transition of how to love John the way he wants to feel loved. And obviously like we did that a lot during like our dating relationship, but I think in marriage, the reason why love looks so different for me is because I think really submission. And I have a really hard time with that word because I want to preserve my identity. And I feel like sometimes submitting to someone else, it almost makes me compromise who I am. And my decisions and my thoughts, which isn't really true and is something that I'm still figuring out and trying to understand better. But I think just where I'm at, submitting to someone in love in marriage, I think is really different because like it's kind of like what John said. Like for me, I feel really loved with acts of service. Like when he does things around the house, like or like he plans ahead like those are things where I feel like so loved by him and it's not things that are actually natural to John um and so it makes me feel even more loved like he's making that extra effort Mm. um and I feel like it is different because like like, in marriage we never lived together before being married 
And so like, there's really no secrets between us and like in like a one bedroom small apartment in the center. <laughs> like there's no way we can like buy gifts without the other person knowing or like hide things without the other person knowing. And <clears throat> I think that was like almost like a luxury to have when you're in a dating relationship. Like they're not that you should keep secrets, but you know what I mean? Like it's these kinds of things where like, you know, like John can make plans go out and hang out with the guys, do things on his own time without having to involve me. Mm. Like for one example, like by the engagement ring, like I had no idea like what he was doing. Like he lied to me that he was sleeping, but he was actually like driving around town, like picking up the ring and stuff. So like those are things that we don't have the luxury of doing now in marriage, especially during COVID because we're like Mm -hmm. already all together. But yeah, I think marriage to me has changed my view of relationship with John because I view more as like my partner now. It's it's not just someone like I just want to spend time with when like I have time. Like everything that I do, like I it revolves around John. And I don't know if that's like crazy for me to say that or like it's just who I am, but like yeah, like and maybe it is because of access service, but like when we go to like do grocery runs, like everything is revolved around like how can I craft a meal and a time for John? Wow. Um, where like we can spend time together because during the day, like he's really busy. So I like it's hard for us to have like conversations outside of lunch. Mm. And so like for me, like I really take intention to like, think about lunch, think about like that time and sometimes like we just want to veg out during our lunch and like watch tv and that's fine too but I think it's like making those like active thoughts around our time together like when we do have time like even during COVID like like those are things that I really care about and I didn't really think about before like I would say like I was very independent before being a wife like Mm. Like there are things that I would do, like, for example, like obviously cleaning is a topic we're talking about a lot right now, but (laughs) before, like I was still super late, like at home as a single girl, like just like cleaning my house, like doing things for myself, like, because that's how I like to relax. Um, But now, like, I wouldn't be like dead doing that. Like evenings are so precious together. And so like, yeah, I think things like that, like it, it really did change after marriage. And I think it's really because I just want to spend time with my partner mm. and really doing things that like together that we haven't really done in the past five years. Like we were living like at least an hour away from each other. Mm. And so like we would never really spend evenings together so frequently too, like maybe like once a week. Mm. And so for me now, like, evenings together are so like enjoyable things that I really treasure and it's not just because we're in marriage but it's because like he's I don't know he's like been promoted to husband and it's like (laughs) that's how I want to be spending my time with my husband you know and I I think you just think a little bit differently um even though like you know our cadence is still the same like we still do things like we, we did during dating relationship but I think with love and marriage it, it really did change in terms of prioritizing him, prioritizing our time differently. And even like understanding like our new identity in the midst of that too. Wow. I think there was a lot of like practical bits of advice there. 
as well. And I think, you know, at least personally for me, I don't know about you, baby, you could add in your two cents here. I think that's what worries, especially Christian uh, men of like, everything's going to change like, Oh, two in one. So I have no identity and life of my own. And now we're just like this, like, like, you know, like it's like hard to visualize that concept and how it plays out. Um, so I think it's so great that you guys talked about the, the practicalities of what comes after marriage, even the smallest things like washing dishes and like what happens when you come across a moment like that. Or like, so if you, you mentioned like, you're so independent and you're doing things for for yourself. And now you have to like do a whole pivot in terms of like your priorities and your values and then really focus your time and your energy on John. So I think it's good for our listeners to know that like one, just because you get married doesn't mean like your plane of existence is over. And in fact, like your significant other actually cares more about you than sometimes you do about yourself. So you don't have to worry about like losing yourself or not being able to do what you want to do and not being cared for because you're now like one with this other person. But like two, it's like seeing both of your guys' relationships, there's like ups and downs. But at the end of the day, you guys are in it to win it together. And it's not like you guys got together, got married and it's like, oh my gosh, this sucks. Like I'm going to bounce. And then like, you guys like divorced after like six months. So there's definitely successful relationships that are not necessarily perfect, but at the same time, not going to be a disaster. And I think that's what a lot of Christian guys worry about. And I remember my old pastor back in Southern California, I had to Mike and Eugene and they're like, what's the definition of becoming a man? And I was like, I don't know, making a lot of money and supporting your wife. And he's like, no, it's it's the <laughs> actually said <laughs> it's the glad assumption of sacrificial responsibility and 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 I didn't know what the hell he was talking about at the time but now listening to both of you guys' story it kind of like comes full circle and I'm like yeah. oh like now I get what pastor Eugene was talking mm-hmm. about um mm-hmm. and and it's so encouraging for me as a christian uh, uh, not a single man, but a dating man to see what's on the other side and to experience it vicariously through you guys. So I don't know, babe, you have anything to add? Yeah, I think there can definitely be kind of like a, like the grass is is always greener on the other side kind of effect. And, um, when you're single, like longing for the day that you're married. And then when you're married, like looking back so fondly on the days when you were single, but I think there's just beauty on both sides. Like I think, so what you were talking about, about when you um, could like stay up late doing things for yourself. Like, I think those are times to really treasure. And even for myself in this current season, like I have so much fun living with other girls and like my other roommates and like, yeah, just like, the silly things that we do and like watching movies or doing like, like we just exchanged Galentine's and like little things like that, I think are just memories that I really want to treasure during this season. But I think at the same time for you guys, like hearing you guys talk about what you have sacrificed, but like how much more you've gained Mm. during marriage is so encouraging. Also, like, I think it's just really beautiful to hear you guys, um, talk about like the very real sacrifices that you make on a daily basis. Like you choose to love each other so well every day, but um, 
yeah, it's just really encouraging to hear um, on that side what the beauty of marriage can be too. Yeah. I think just to add to that, like, I think there is a really good, like a fine line to balance on when you think about what your life is as a single person and treasuring that time. Because I think if you just say like, oh, like I'm never going to have time with the girls. Like I need to like, you know, like do as like spend as much time with them or like I, I don't have to I won't be able to do this again um, if I'm married. Like, I don't know. I think it's going to vary from person to person. But I think understanding what that fine line is and even also entertaining like, wait, why can't I do this when I'm married? Like, mm. I think those are things to consider because I would... I would hate it if John like had had these thoughts or if I had had these thoughts and we didn't like entertain it um, in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when I did think about evenings for myself, like intentionally, I'd be like, yeah, I know that these days are limiting. Like, I know that responsibilities are going to come. Like, I'm not always going to be single. Like, what happens if I have kids? Like, I think these were things that I thought about and were intentional about in terms of treasuring it. And like I said, like it's gonna change from person to person, but I think the more intentional you are about it and also identifying like what are things you want to carry into married life, like I think that's so important to feel enriched and fulfilled in your relationship because your life shouldn't revolve completely around that person. You should be inviting them in. Yeah. And vice versa. And I feel like that's why like that partnership is so different in married and dating relationship. Mm. Like I can selectively choose what I wanted John to be involved in in my dating life versus now like everything's integrated together. And obviously there are certain areas like in gaming, like that's not a world like I really want to be involved in. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously like I participate like whenever he wants to like tell me stuff, but I think there are like boundaries that we can place that way where you still feel like an individual contributor to the relationship. You're still not losing your identity. You're not losing things that, give you joy but maybe you're inviting that other person to be like hey like I love Valorant like do you want to be part of this journey with me like you know I think there are things like that where like I really let John like not let him but like I really see like how much joy he gets from like doing his own hobbies that like sometimes like if he just wants to hang out with boys and like play games like I I'm like totally okay with it and like Obviously, like there are times when I, I want him to like, spend time with me too, but <laughs> I think it's just like having like, that intention and knowing like, oh, like he really gets life doing this. Like, how can I promote that more? And also for me, like, what are things that I get life doing and how can he encourage that for me? And I don't know, I, I think it's like a really big balance to do and no one can get it perfect. But I think the more you're aware of them and able to communicate that with your partner, I think it, it brings so much value to the to the way that you communicate and the way that you don't really feel like your life is being sucked out of being a wife, being a husband, being stuck, you know, quote unquote, in a relationship um, that you're not happy with or that you're not feeling seen in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I did want to like kind of just share that because mm -hmm. when I was single, it wasn't just like, I need to treasure this moment, but it, it's really a balance and also having that excitement of like oh when I'm married I also get to do this like there are other things that we get to do that you know I never really got to entertain before and also building excitement on that side too 
That's so good. John, do you have anything to add to that other than the fact that you try to take her on your journey of playing Valorant with the boys? I told them you should have a Valorant Times Day with the guys. Oh my God. Dude, <laughs> it just didn't land with the other guys. <laughs> I'm an amazing wife. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think something that I would just like maybe on a you know high note and like, like end to this before we move on is um, just be like, I think the notion of marriage can sometimes feel like very, um, like, you know, uh, you know, the commandments and like stone templates, like they're written, like <laughs> you follow these and it's like, you cannot, you're confined, right? There's almost because of the weight of what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think what what I've been journeying with Sohan is um, much more of a very open dialogue of actually making the what our marriage looks like together um more of like paper and pencil where we're actually doodling we're drawing we're communicating like what do you like how do you how do you want this marriage to like go like what are some things we can do like how can we make it exciting and fun how can we make it respectful and thoughtful towards one another and it's not these things where we're going like 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 very sensitively asking like can i do this like um, oh, like, can I get your permission? Like, is it okay? You know, even these terms that we communicate towards one another really shows how we view marriage. If I'm coming in a posture where I think that my ask to my wife is going to be something that's rejected, that says something about my attitude towards this marriage and what I view it as. And so even opening that up uh, of like starting that off when you're dating to look at marriage and not something to Year, like, am I going to be able to do this? Am I not going to be able to do this? Like, will it be like this? Like, even starting to challenge that fear and go, you know what? Like, even before I get there, I want to have a healthy view of what even marriage is so that when I get into marriage, like, I'm also in, you know, a place where it's not this thing that I, I go like, oh, do I regret it? Like, oh, like, should I have not? Like, because if you, if you go in that view when you're dating, then those thoughts might amplify when you're in that in that mode, right? But if you view it in a healthy way before you even enter, I think that season will be amplified to be even more healthier. Wow, I'm gonna try that right now. So I'm gonna execute it, mm-hmm. babe. I'm gonna hit pads with John on Saturday mornings. Yeah, do it. And then we can have <laughs> more time after. <laughs> that's that's fine. <laughs> Right there. Oh, oh I missed, yeah, I, I just did what you said don't do. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that's a great point is that we just, it's its part of learning. It's like, we don't know that there's these things built in us, these reactions, these things that we feel like are, are towards this topic. And I think that's the part where we are journeying is that we realize and we come to, hey, maybe I had influences from my parents, my mm-hmm. own you know, upbringing that causes me to second guess these things. And those are going to come up. And I think that's, you know, for me, I want to say that that's normal, that those things come up. And those are actually welcome because as it comes up, it's something that, you know, um, in marriage, you can figure out together and ask those questions of like, why are these things coming up? Why am I reacting in these situations uh, in a negative way um, or in a maybe more cautious way? Uh, why is that? Is that because of an upbringing? Is that because of an influence or even a perceived um, truth that actually might be a lie and it's for you to, to kind of 
figure out together uh, in that sense. And of course, what helps is godly community and, you know, um, leaning into what, um, you know, the community offers you in terms of insight, encouragement, things like that. Mm. That's so good. That is. <laughs> I think especially with Asian American Christian families, nurture plays a big role. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, each and every one of us experience trauma in one shape, way or form. Um, from seeing our parents' relationships. And I think that, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. And if, you, if you're, you know, different from your parents and you say you want to be different, like that's what you grew up with the past like 18 to 21 years of your life. And it's kind of hard to, you know, change that. And I think to have the paradigm shift in that status quo, I think it's very difficult. But I think it starts with self-awareness, like you said, John, of like, listen, these are things that were out of my control that affects me to this day, but it's my decision now to consciously think about like, like what are these natural tendencies and where are these things coming from and how can I change them or improve on them moving forward? So I think that's a very, very um, intuitive and interesting thing that you mentioned, John. Yeah. Um, maybe you have anything to add? No. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just, yeah, a really awesome point. I feel like we'll have more conversations about it later because I mm-hmm. feel like there's definitely ways where I see that come up and that attitude even of like, oh, is this okay? Or mm-hmm. are they going to be mad? <laughs> or Isaac always thinks he's going to get in trouble. <laughs> that's a good boy. You know? yeah. And the Christian men, we just want to be good boys at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but I'm honestly super excited to have you guys on maybe in like six months to a year's time to see uh, how your relationship as a married couple evolves, mm-hmm. especially in San Francisco and being around so many single people and dating people. Um, so we'll have another opportunity for that. There's so many questions I feel like I want to ask that Christine wants to ask and that the listeners want to ask i'm sorry listeners you guys can't just like jump jump on but maybe we'll do like a live session sometime but um, we're gonna move to our last question for this session babe do you want to ask it yeah i feel like we um everything we talked about is such a natural segue to this question um but i'm wondering if you could tell your past self uh when you were still single one piece of advice or encouragement, or maybe for those listeners who are single and who are waiting and longing for a partner in their lives, um, what one piece of advice or encouragement would you give them? That's a good question. This is a great question. Yeah, it's a really good question. Yeah, we're pausing because it's a very good and difficult question. I can start. And I don't know, I'm still thinking about this. So my answer may evolve while I'm sharing. But yeah, it's like what Christina's saying. I think everything we spoke about before, it kind of does naturally lead to this question. Because I think for me, if I can tell anything to my single self, let me see. Oh gosh, this is actually really hard. I feel like I'm still processing, but I think one thing that comes to mind is um, 
I think for me, identity is really important. Um, and yeah, I think identity means a lot of different things to people, but I think for me, um, I think a lot of our relationship was actually me making decisions for other people because I was a big people pleaser Mm. and me deciding to date John was a decision I had made without consulting anybody. Um, I had prayed a lot about it, but yeah, I hadn't involved as many people as I normally would have. And it was really frightening and and maybe it was a a big root reason to why our community didn't feel involved or wanted to invest in us as much. But um, yeah, I think that was my first step of making conscious decisions for myself and developing like this one part of my identity. Um, We fought a lot and we would have a lot of conversations about how I actually felt about some things because I never really developed it for myself. Hmm. But I wonder if those are things that it it obviously had like improved our relationship because we talked a lot and, you know, we were like really invested in each other's thought processes. But I do wonder how much more I could have brought to the table if I had already been more familiar with my identity. Mm. Um, Even with making simple decisions, but also like bigger ones, like my career, like I I do wonder if things would change. And obviously I wouldn't change anything for, for any other reason, because I, I love the life that we have. I love the decisions that we've made together as a couple, but yeah, it just makes me wonder like, would we be having certain problems? Would we be having a different lifestyle if my life were any different because I made more independent decisions on my own? Um, and it's kind of like what John was saying, like a lot of wisdom we received from both of our parents was like, um, take the good and bad from both of our, from their marriages and apply it in our own. And my dad was a little bit more straightforward and saying like, hey, these are, red flags in both of our families just be aware of them and like work through these things together because it's unavoidable kind of like what you were saying Isaac like we just grew up with these things and so yeah I think obviously those conversations came more naturally to us when we were more serious about date like marrying and more of our timing like those things came up a lot but I think as a single person the more self-aware you are the more in tune with the person God created you to be, you are. Yeah. I think those are things that really enrich the relationship. And also is enriching to you too. I think calling out things like, you know, spending time with the guys or, you know, like those are all like physical things that you don't really think are tied to like your spiritual state. But I actually think that they're intertwined. And I actually think that, having that be a part of who you are and knowing that, Hey, I'm bringing these things to the table, like where we're having this relationship. Like, I think that's so important because I think it makes conversations about these things a lot easier. There's a lot less judgment because both people are now aware of what's on the table. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it, it is much more enriching that way because there's, there's nothing hidden. There's nothing that still needs figuring out. And I'm not saying you should be perfect people and have all of your ducks in a row when you come. 
But I think having some idea of what makes you you is really important. And I think it makes the other person love you in such a special way too, because it's so readily available. And even if it's still being flushed out, but I think when we start having glimmers of it, then we can really be that partner to that person to let that area shine. And yeah, so I think that's it. To like kind of wrap it up, I think I would say like being really aware of like who you are and what makes you unique and special, even thinking into like your own families and your own vices and yeah, things like that. I think it's so important to bring. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I would um, add to that and maybe in a more, a um, little bit practical angle is um, just be really, like if I were, if I was single and, and I can go back and tell my single self to be, to be okay with being honest um, or I mean, even advocate room in your life to really be honest about how you, how you, how you are, how, um, how you feel like you want to be loved, like to yourself, right? Like, and, and I think it's, it's oftentimes like, sometimes easier to just pinpoint like how I want to love, how I want to do this or how I, you know, it's, it's just easier to look outside. But I think within, when you're honest with yourself, you start to realize a lot of things. Um, and especially as a single person, I think there could be the notion and the feeling of course, and, and I felt it before is this longingness, right? This longing to be with someone and to connect with somebody. Um, and the question of honesty that really I think would have brought up for me is like, am I ready to connect? Like, do I know what, like, do I know how I want to be connected with somebody versus mm-hmm. connecting with somebody else? Like, and those, those questions start to come to mind. And I think what really that brings a powerful shift and like a preparation, so to speak, out of singleness into something that's dating or marriage is that you become a lot more, um, intentional about that next step um and so just like you know just like there is a tending of you know when you're planting something or a garden like you have to have that um garden in the right and um good place for it to produce the right fruits and good quality i think it really starts with um you know singlehood and being it that you're saying you're single I think it's not a season of seeking out of it, but I think there's actually a reason why it's single, meaning that's you, right? You are the, you are the topic and focus. And so in singlehood are like my thing that I would say to myself is like, am I tending to myself? Right. You know, am I tending to um, the good areas, the areas that make me alive and feel alive and purposeful? Am I tending to the areas where I don't feel that way and I feel a lack of confidence, um, an insecurity? How am I going about that, those areas? How am I you know, tending to that? Um, am I understanding where I am at? Am I in a place where I need more sunlight? Am I in an area where I need more watering and I, I feel dry? Like the, you know, and I think that, that intentionality and that honesty of yourself um, actually how that stems now and what I see is like um, what we talked about right like um, do I know how to confidently ask 
something that I want of my partner. And if I couldn't do that to my own self, how am I going to ask to my partner? Mm. Right. And so there is that correlation where when I'm honest, when I'm honest with myself and honest of the things that I need to work on, as well as the needs that I have and being able to do that when I am single directly reflects my ability to be able to do that to my partner when I'm married or dating. Um, because I've been training, I've been practicing with my own self. Um, and so I think specifically this calls out to me for, um, for me as a, as a man, because um, I struggle to talk about my feelings. I struggle uh, to even know how I feel about something. And maybe that's because I didn't spend time uh, figuring that out, you know? Um, and, and, you know, something that I always talk about too is like within my, um, my male friends, like my best friends, I wonder when I was single, if we actually talked about each other and how we felt towards one another versus <laughs> only talking about girls and how we feel about girls, if that would have actually like, if there would have been a significant difference in me communicating with my partner in the future, wow. because what we did was we cultivated talking about our feelings with one another that in turn allowed me to bear the fruit of talking about my feelings with my partner versus talking nothing about myself and all about this kind of perception of, Oh, what is a, you know, what is me having a girlfriend will look like versus, oh, now I actually am someone who's capable of talking yeah, about my own right. feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would have, you know, bared a lot more fruit, um, given that I'm working on that now. And so, um, yeah, I think that's something that I would, I would definitely would uh, go to my past self and tell them, hey, stop talking about girls and how hot they are and talk about your feelings. And, and train yourself to understand those things um, that will end up bringing fruit um, later on. That's good. Wow, that's so that. good, yeah. I think there's like similar overlaps between what you said and what Self said, but I like the way that you said training. It's never a waiting game. It's a training game and you have to prove. And then the advice that a lot of people give is like, don't think about what you're looking for in the other person, work on yourself and mind your own damn business and that person will come to you. And I think, whether it's because we're people pleasing, whether it's because we project the perfect relationship, we tend to forget about ourselves and our own needs. And in that sense, selfishness is really the right thing to do as in like, understand yourself, train these muscles uh, in terms of being honest with yourself and being able to express how you're feeling, what you like, what you don't like, how you were hurt in a way that's, um, civil and communicative to your significant significant other because if you can't then you know you're not helping that other person you're actually denying that other person from getting to know you and being able to build this bridge this dialogue to you know rear um, a successful relationship or or marriage in your case so i think that's super insightful um and hopefully you know, even with Christine and I, we can focus a lot on ourselves and what we need to work on so that we can better, you know, the relationship and tend to our gardens so that it produces good fruit. Mm. Um, do you have anything else to add, babe? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We just, we love you guys. We love spending time with y'all. I think I love y'all's story too of just dating, growing up together, um, being married now. And I think there's just so much wisdom that you guys shared today. And um, yeah, I think 
I mean, in your guys' relationship, you've been together like double the amount of time um, of me and Isaac. Yeah, but I think there's just so much wisdom in your journey that you guys shared. So Mm -hmm. it was awesome hanging out with you guys. Yeah, same here. Yeah, this is really good. I I think if I can say one last thing mm-hmm. is for your listeners, um, it would be just investment and intention. I think those are the key things that has helped our relationship. And we're not perfect at it, but I think at the end of the day, we know that the other person is worth investing in and worth being intentional with. And everything else has aligned. And I think that goes for single people. What you're interested in investing in or who it is with um, and being intentional to do that with them, I think it's so important. And I think it'll really show you a lot more than, um, and really, like, I don't know. I, I guess it'll just bring it to your attention that of who you are and what you want to bring to the relationship and what you guys can do together in that relationship. But yeah, I think those are just the two words that really stood out to me um, the more we had this conversation. And I'm really glad that we had an opportunity to like, share our story and really kind of share like parts of us and things that are still being worked on even during marriage too. So. A lot of things, a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's so awesome. And thanks for coming on. And I think that like words when spoken and manifested create a different type of magic. And I think, you know, especially like Asian Americans, we tend to keep things in and it's like, oh, I don't want to rock the boat or talk about certain things. And it's all in my head anyways. Like I'm a sentient human being. So it's okay if it's just in my brain is completely different from when words actually flow out of your mouth and you involve another person. And I think the substance can be the same. But in terms of like how you throw it out into the plane of existence really matters and shapes, you know, your, your destiny. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but it's subtle. And a lot of people don't realize that, like, if you let these things out and express it and communicate it, there's another layer to that that can shape and help you evolve as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, John, if you don't have anything else to say or add on, then we'll end this session saints thanks for being on and hopefully you guys got a lot of good information about what it means to be in a relationship single and married with the extra added icing of being christian on top of that uh sorry that was a bad joke but i'm sure you guys get it but with that said thank you so much Uh, relationships and romance series with the saints of san francisco podcast um did you guys want to add in any endeavors or plugs or you know handles where we can find you if you guys want anything you guys want to talk about or 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 let the listeners know uh i'd love to just end with a word of encouragement i know i mean i hope hopefully the whole podcast was that but just know that um you're not alone in this journey. And um, it's not something that uh, you have to fear, but um, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of hope in it. So yeah, we are wishing that upon all the listeners and whoever else hears this. Yeah, um, I think anyone can reach me at on my IG handle. It's at JSTKUHC. Like I love talking with people about this kind of stuff. 
Um, and we'd just love to like make more friends this week too, if you guys are open. Um, I think my account is private, so I may be hesitant to accept <laughs> your friend request, but um, yeah, feel free to DM me and let me know that you guys have um, like heard from us from Saints of SF and then I'll accept and then we can start the conversation there. Awesome. Yeah, you can also DM at Saints of SF and we'll be sure to forward your message too. Yeah, so if you guys are worried about, you know, being a creeper and then reaching out to <laughs> our guests today, then you guys can go on Instagram, Saints of SF, and then we can connect you guys. Uh, if you have any questions about Christian marriage and what it means to marry, marry young and w- whatever, you know, sky's the limit. But with that said, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, Saints, we're tuning out. Episode 13, I believe. Wow. Yeah, so we're on a roll. Thanks for uh, keeping up and coming along this journey together. We're in it to win it. All right, see you guys. Hey Saints, thanks for tuning in. We'll be releasing episodes on the first three Saturdays of every month. See you soon.